0: My dear respected brothers, elders and friends Assalamu wa Alaikum wa Wabarakatuh I would like to start off by thanking Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala who has granted you and I once again the ability to come to the masjid on this blessed day. We think of this as a routine and we cannot imagine ourselves that one day, you know we cannot imagine ourselves not being here. But the truth of the matter is that we know many people whether it's because of valid reasons or whether it's because of made up excuses, there are many brothers out there who do not get this opportunity to come to the masjid on this blessed day. So we should indeed definitely thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it's only because of him that we are here today, the fact that he has given us the ability to be here. Now every Jummah we get told again and again that we are blessed to be here. And I want to ask you this question that do you actually know how blessed you are and how blessed you are in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It comes in a hadith of Sahih al-Bukhari, the Prophet ﷺ said, and it's a lengthy hadith, and when I describe this ha- hadith to you, I want you to imagine and picture it as if it's happening right now, because that is what is happening. The Prophet is describing these types of gatherings, so I want you to imagine it as it is. The Prophet ﷺ says in this hadith, that dhikr that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a group of angels and the job of this group of angels is that they travel around the world يلتمسون أحلى Dhikr, looking for those people who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when these angels find this group what these angels do is they call the rest and therefore all these angels come and it comes in the hadith to the extent that these angels reach the sky of the world imagine how many angels now I want you to picture it as it is now that look these angels are traveling and they come to Scotland and they come to Glasgow and they come to Masjid Abu Bakr and they come and partake in this gathering. Why? Because we're all sitting here for one reason. We're all sitting here for the purpose of praising Allah subhanahu Wa ta'ala and remembering Allah, remembering the Prophet, remembering the Deen. So there are angels with us right now. And when this, uh, when this gathering will finish, these angels will return to Allah subhanahu Wa Taala. And it comes in the hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then asks the angels, Although Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is Alim and He knows everything, Allah asked the angels, "That O oh, angels, what were My servants saying?" And the angels replied, "Ya Allah, Your servants were praising You, they were glorifying You, they were mentioning Your greatness." And then Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala asked these angels, "That O oh, angels, have these people ever seen Me?" And the angels replied, "Ya Allah, the people sitting here have never seen You. You know, You and I have never seen Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala." And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks the angels that, O oh angels, what would be the case if these people were to see me? And the angels reply, Ya Allah, if these people were to see you, they would praise you and they would glorify you and they would mention your greatness even more. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks the second question. That, Oh angels, these people that are sitting there, what do they want? Now my dear brothers, if you actually think of it, what is the ultimate thing that we want? The ultimate thing that we want and we ask for is Paradise. So the angels on our behalf, they respond to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Ya Allah, these people are seeking paradise. And then Allah asks the O oh, angels, have these people ever seen paradise? Have they ever seen Jannah? And the angels reply, Ya Allah, they've never ever seen and they've never ever viewed Jannah. And then Allah asks that, what would be the case if these people were to see Jannah? And the angels reply, Ya Allah, if these people were to see Jannah, paradise, they would seek it and they would be even more zealous towards acquiring it and they would ask for it even more. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks the final question. That, O angels, what are these people seeking protection from? And again, what is the thing that you and I, ultimately, what are we seeking protection from? And that is one thing, and that is the fire of Jahannam. So the angels reply to Allah that, ya Allah, these people are seeking protection from the fire of hell. They're seeking protection from Jahannam. And then Allah asks them, similarly, that, oh angels, have they seen the fire of Jahannam? You know, this hell that they're seeking forgiveness from, have they seeking protection from, have they ever seen it? And the angels reply, Ya Allah, they've never viewed hell. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks that what would be the scenario in the case if they were to see Jahannam. And the angels reply that, Ya Allah, if these people were to see Jahannam, then they would be even more scared of it and they would run away from it even more. Now after asking and inquiring all these things, and if you think about it, this is us, this is this gathering, the angels are here and they're going to give these same answers. Because we're all sitting here with these same things, that we want paradise, we're seeking protection from, uh, from Jahannam, and we're here, sitting here only to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remember Him. At the end of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is the main point that I want to mention, is that at the end of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the angels that, فَأُشْهِدُكُمْ أَنِّي That, O oh angels, I make each one of you witness that I have forgiven every single one in that gathering. SubhanAllah, this is the virtue and this is the blessing, of this is, this is how blessed we are of coming here in this gathering today. And the hadith does not stop there. The amazing thing is now from the angels, one angel asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Allah, there was one person who didn't actually come to the gathering, his, his purpose wasn't to come to the gathering. He was just walking by. And while he was walking by, he had some need. And because of that need, that's why he was there. Basically, to ask that is this person forgiven as well? And then Allah subhanahu responds to the angel that, that this is such a gathering that even this one person, he's not going to be left void of this blessing. Even him, all of his sins are going to be forgiven as well. Subhanallah, this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another hadith, the Prophet has mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put his mercy into 100 parts and from those 100 parts he has sent one part into this dunya and it is because of this one part that the creation have mercy upon each other you know we see that the parents have mercy upon their children the children have mercy upon the parents the elders have mercy upon the young ones and vice versa to the extent that even it's because of this one part of mercy from a hundred parts that the animals have mercy upon each other in the same hadith the prophet says that to the extent that it is because of this mercy that even a horse lifts up his foot, its hoof out of fear that it may crush his own child. You know just because of those 100 100 parts Allah sent one and because of that this is all the mercy that we see in this world. And the reason why I you to speak about this topic today is that unfortunately there are many Muslims in today's day and age there are many Muslims that have come and they have built this ideology and this mindset and they have even started to say that what is the point of me repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala What is the point of me asking for forgiveness? What's the point of me asking for forgiveness? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to forgive me My sins have reached such an extent I've committed this sin and I've committed that sin that I've reached a limit now and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is impossible that Allah is going to forgive me By Allah, the scholars say that having this kind of mayusi and hopelessness in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the scholars have called it kufr and disbelief why? Because how can a person say that his sins have reached such a height that the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is lower than that? It's impossible. In fact, by Allah, if from Adam till the last human being that's going to come onto this earth, if every single one of them was to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was to forgive every, each and every single one of them, then this would not even be equal to a drop from the ocean of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. It comes in a hadith, in fact, the story of Hazrat Wahshi The story of Hazrat Sahabi, who everyone must have heard of and if you haven't, then if you read the seerah then you will find his name mentioned there Hazrat Wahshi was that person who prior to him becoming a Muslim he was the one who had killed the beloved uncle of the Prophet and is mentioned in Tafsir Tabari on the authority of Ibn Abbas anhu, that after some time after this incident had taken place after he had killed the beloved uncle of the Prophet in the battle of Uhud after some time the Prophet he had thought to give him an invitation towards Islam Now, this is another beautiful point we learn from here that if it was our relative that was to be killed by someone if it was our relative that was to be hurt by someone we would have turned around and said that may this person die in hell in fact we hear that even some people go to the extent and say that I wish this person doesn't become Muslim because I don't want him to go to paradise. But look at the Prophet ﷺ. The love that he had for his uncle, Ibn, uh, uh, his uncle Abbas You know everyone knows the love that he had But even despite that love the Prophet Sallallahu did not want even one person to go into the fire of Jahannam. So after some time the Prophet Sallallahu sends an invitation to Hazrat Wahshi. Now Hazrat Wahshi عنه, when he receives this invitation Azza Wahshi comes out and says, That how are you calling me towards your religion? Whereas you claim that a person who has killed someone, a person who has committed shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and a person who has committed zina, you mention that this person's punishment and his sins going to be multiplied and he's going to get a painful punishment. How can I accept Islam? I'm basically, you know, it's a death sentence for myself. Upon this, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes into effect. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala reveals a verse that إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ صالح. To console Hazrat Allah reveals this verse that except the one who repents and he brings Iman وَعَمِلَ and he does good deeds وَعَمِلَ عَمَلًا he does good deeds Hazard Wahshi, when he hears this verse he, he says that you know this condition at the end that okay, repenting to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. Bringing Iman but this condition at the end of doing good deeds, he says, "I don't know. I, I'm not guaranteed that I'll do good deeds." So therefore, he goes, "You know, I'm not sure." Then the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala comes into effect a second time, and the second verse is revealed: "That Inna Allah la yaghfiru bihi wa yaghfiru That Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will not forgive shirk. That if someone commits shirk with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, Allah will not forgive it. The only time that will be forgiven is a person turns away from the shirk and accepts Allah as one one God and does repents back to Allah and repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah will not forgive shirk but Allah will forgive every other sin. Now when Hazrat Wahshi hears the second verse he says that I'm in doubt you know he still wasn't convinced he says I'm still in doubt I don't know if I'm going to be forgiven or not and upon this you know imagine this Hazrat Wahshi has got two verses to console him but he's still saying I'm in doubt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes into effect a third and final time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals a third verse and this verse seriously is a beautiful verse. And I want all those people that are sitting here and those who are going to listen to this, and they think that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is not going to forgive their sins, I want you to listen to this verse and listen to it with open ears. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala sends a third verse, and He says that يا على أنفسهم لا من رحمة Such a beautiful verse. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet, "That O Prophet, say, say, that all my servants who have transgressed themselves." That O oh my servants, you've wronged yourselves, you've committed a lifetime full of sin. La rahmatillah. Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, never become despondent and think that Allah will never show mercy to you. Inna Allah Indeed Allah will forgive every single one of your sins. Inna Allah rahim. Indeed Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is the all-forgiving, the all-merciful. When Hazawashi receives this verse, Hazawashi says, Naamhadi, you know, this is what I've been waiting for. And then he comes and accepts Islam. And like the Muslims at that time, and we must be thinking this as well, that was this verse just for Hazrat Wahshi? You know the Sahaba at that time did us a favor and they asked the Prophet ﷺ that is this just for Hazrat Wahshi or is it, for ev- is it for everyone else? Is it just for him or is it for everyone else? And the Prophet ﷺ replied that no, this is for everyone else. Another incident which is mentioned in Sunnah Tirmidhi by Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar anhu. Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar says that I did not hear this from the Prophet once, not twice, not three times, rather he says I heard it from the Prophet many, many times. And this story is regarding a person called Kifl. Now this person called Kifl, he was known amongst the Bani Israel, this was at the time of the Bani Israel, he was known to be the worst of the worst. He was known to be a person who commits zina, you know nowadays we see someone that's clubbing and he was known to be someone going down those lines, doing all kinds of haram and sin. In, the, in society he was known as a, 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 not a pleasant, you know a very bad person in terms of he's indulging in sin all the time. Now in this incident what had happened was a mother had come to Kifl and asked him for some money. You know she had some young children and she had feared that they're going to die of starvation so she came to Kifl and asked him for some money. Now Kifl had given her the money but being the evil person and uh, you know being indulged in these kinds of sins He said to her, "Look, look I'll give you the money but you have to commit zina with me You have to commit adultery, fornication, you have to commit that with me Now the mother, and this is where we learn the love of a mother The mother out of fear that our children may die out of hunger and die due to starvation, she said okay, she agreed Now after some time they had fixed the date and they had fixed the time you know, she had come and she presented herself to commit this evil act. By the time of committing the act she started to shake and tremble. Now Kifal seeing this, he said to her that, you know, what's wrong? I've not forced you to do anything. You know, you happily and you accepted yourself. And the woman replies, she goes, The thing is, is that I've never committed something like this in my life. You know, zinah, adultery, I've never done this in my life. The only reason why I accepted your offer was because I have young children and I have fear that they're going to die of starvation and that's why I've accepted it, otherwise I've never done something like this. Now at that very moment, Giffel had felt something in his heart. All those years and a whole lifetime spent in zina and fornication and in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he felt some remorse and he felt something in his heart due to which he repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now that very same night, Gifal had passed away. And before going on to the next part of the story, there's one thing to note is that the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would deal with the Bani Israel was that when they would commit sin, the next morning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would send angels to go and write it on their door. Imagine that, that when you wake up on everyone's door, you could see the sin that they've committed. If someone's committed, zina is written. If someone's stolen, something is written. If anyone's committed, any sin is clearly written on their door. You know we hear many, many, uh, you know, time and time again from the scholars that one of the blessings and the speciality of the ummah of the Prophet is that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has concealed our sins. We only truly understand this is when we look at the Bani Israel, that Allah does not expose our sins like He did to them. Anyway, the next morning, so that night Kifl had passed away. The next morning, when everyone, you know, woke up and they came to check his door, you know what they found written on his door? On his door, Allah sent an angel to write that. Allah That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven kifl. You know a lifetime he spent in zina, in a split moment when he showed that remorse to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had forgiven all of his sins. My dear respected brothers, you know we, we accept that we are covered in guna. You know we spend the morning in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when nighttime comes we spend in such a manner and we commit such acts that would be a shame for our families, for the Prophet ﷺ, and it would be a shame in front it would it would be a shame for us to even present that, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to even view that and then we spend the night, sometimes we spend the night in the path of Allah and we spend the night in the Venus of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but then when we, when we wake up in the morning we commit such acts that would put us to shame again you know from head to toe we are covered in sin our hands are taking us towards sin, our feet are taking us towards sin, our eyes are looking at sin, our ears are listening to sin, to the extent that even our minds, while sometimes sitting in the most blessed of places, even our minds are thinking of sin. But by Allah, do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the Prophet sallallahu has said in a hadith that, Kulu bani wa The Prophet sallallahu alayhi Wasallam has said that every son of Adam is a sinner, you know he makes mistakes, every son of Adam does sins, but the best of those sinners is the one who repents, is the one who turns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asks Allah for forgiveness. In fact in another hadith, in a Hadith Qudsi, the Prophet sallallahu says, says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that ana inda abdi that I am as my servant thinks of me, you know we think of this positive thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We learn it from this hadith. The, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I am as my servant thinks of me. Meaning that if a servant, if you and I are going to think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is never going to forgive my sins, that my sins have reached such a level that is impossible for Allah to forgive me, then Allah will never forgive you. But if you have this positive thought and attitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that yes I've committed a lifetime full of sin and I accept that but I know that Allah's mercy and Allah's waiting there and Allah's waiting there just for me to turn to Him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive me in a split second if we have that mentality then indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive us in a split second and the hadith carries on to say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when my servant remembers me alone then I remember him alone And when my servant remembers me in a gathering like we're doing now, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I remember him in a gathering far much better, as in the gathering of the angels. And then when my servant comes to me the amount of a handspan, Allah says that I come to him the amount of an arm's length. And when my, when my servant comes to me the amount of an arm's length, then Allah says that I come to him the amount of an outstretched arm. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always doing more. And at the end, at the end of the hadith, uh, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And when my servant comes to me uh, walking, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I come to him running. My dear respected brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that one being that has never ever said to us that never come back. He's never ever shut the door on us and said that get lost, get away from me, never come back. Allah has never done that to us. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said time and time again that Udoni astajibalakum. That just ask of me. Just come and ask to me and turn to me. Lakum. I will ask, I will answer all your prayers. All it takes is a bit of courage. All it takes is a bit of strength. That we turn that you know we, we suppress our desires and we turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's all it takes. In fact, in another ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, another verse, that wame ya'mal su and yadlim nafsa. ثمَّ يَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهُ يَجْدِلُ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا that the person you know ما يَعْمَلُ سُوءَ that whoever has committed an evil deed. Oh, yadlim nafsah. Or he has oppressed himself. Thumma Allah, And then he comes to Allah seeking for forgiveness. Yajdillahu ghafura rahima. Then indeed he will find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the all forgiving, the all merciful. By Allah, my dear respected brothers, all it takes is a bit of effort, a bit of courage. You know, hold our desires down and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by Allah, you will not be left hopeless. By Allah, Allah will forgive all your sins. If you are sincere, He will, in that split second, He will forgive everything. You know, our scholars have this famous line which I want to mention. The lens in Urdu, so I'll translate it to you. I'll mention it and then translate it to you. The scholars say that Apna kadam apne khayshat They say that Apna kadam apne khayshat That put one foot on your desires. Dusra kadam jannat mein hoga. And your second step will be straight into paradise. They say that put one foot on your desires. That all these desires of haram and evil that you have and your nafs is telling you to do wrong and go against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They say put one foot on that and suppress that. If you put one foot and you suppress those desires, then your second step will be straight into paradise. SubhanAllah, my dear respect all it takes is a bit of courage. The scholars mentioned that doing tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you want to repent, there are three conditions for this. The first condition is al anil maasi that number one is, you know, stop doing the sin. Whatever sin you're doing, stop doing it. Try your best to stop, whatever it may be. Number two, the second, the second condition of repentance is have remorse on what you've done. And you should have some feeling in your heart that what I'm doing is wrong and what I've done is wrong, you should have that remorse. And the third thing is that you make this promise to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that Ya Allah, I will not do this again. And the scholars mention that there's a fourth condition, they've added a fourth one. That if you have wronged someone else, another person, then the fourth condition is you have to ask that person for forgiveness as well. Now going back to the third condition, of where you make this promise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya Allah I will not do this again the scholars say that even if you do it again and you slip turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again even if you slip a second time go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even if you slip a third a hundredth a thousandth thousandth time then every single time keep turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be sincere and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you Mawlana Ashraf Ali he mentions a beautiful point he says that if someone says that this has become a game that you know, you do a sin, you go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You do another sin, you turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You keep doing this sin, you know, third time, fourth time, fifth time, a hundred times But you keep going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala If someone says that this is a game Mona ash says that this is such a game That inshallah one day it will take this person to paradise What does he mean by that? He means that if a person commits a sin and then he has sincere repentance and he sincerely turns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then he slips and commits the sin again and then he sincerely turns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then he commits the sin again but he sincerely turns back to Allah and it happens a third fourth a hundredth time a thousandth time it happens throughout his whole life but he sincerely keeps on turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Mawlana Ashraf Ali Thani is saying that this outwardly looks like a game it looks like he's playing a game but the fact is because he's being sincere then although this looks outwardly like a game but this is such an act that inshallah one day it will take him into paradise my dear respected brothers i pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants you and i the ability to seek true repentance from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the sins that we have done and i also pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us the ability to never lose hope in the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know there's many of us today there's many brothers today that unfortunately especially the younger the, you know the young ones uh, and you know the people, uh, uh, you know the, the teens and those a bit older as well. There are many who have built this mindset and ideology that you know we've committed sins and we've committed X, Y, and Z sin, and sins that you know previously no one could imagine. Uh, and they think and they put themselves into this uh, mindset that Allah is never going to forgive us. That's not the case. By Allah, that's never the case. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has never. Allah knows that we're going to commit sin, but Allah is waiting for you to come back to Him and come and repent. And come back to him and ask for forgiveness. And Allah is waiting for the, you know, waiting for you to come so He can forgive you. Now, after hearing this talk, I, you know, I pray that all of us take action. You know, those who are sitting here and those who are listening, take out some time. You know, whether it's right now, whether it's at night, take out some time and sit there. You don't have to come to a masjid if you can. Is good. If you cannot, then take out some time in your house. You know, fix an allocated room, some houses you have some room that you read namaz in or if you even don't have that then just go into a corner in your house alone, quiet and sit there and talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, sit there and say to Allah that Ya Allah, I've committed a lifetime full of sin I've committed this sin and I've committed this sin You you only say that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, we don't have this thing in Islam where you have to confess to another person You do that confession with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say everything and say Ya Allah, you know, I want to turn back to you and I want to ask forgiveness from you By Allah, you'll feel a lot lighter and you'll you know, you, you feel that yes, you've done something and you, know, you won't feel that hopelessness anymore inshallah. And one, one important advice I want to give at the end of this is that don't delay this. You know, one of the biggest tricks of shaitan is that he won't come to you and say to you, don't do this. You know, he knows you're too clever for that. He knows you've heard this talk. He knows you'll, be, you'll have that passion and you'll know, you, you, know, you want to ask for forgiveness. So shaitan will not come to you and say, don't ask for forgiveness. What well, shaitan will do. And one of his biggest tricks is he'll say to you, no, you know what, delay it. He'll say that, you know what, you're busy now, you know, you've got to go to work, you have to do this, you have to do that, and it'll make you delay it. And as you delay it, you'll forget about it. And as you forget about it, it'll slowly, you know, this feeling that you're feeling at the moment having, uh, after having listened to this, it'll slowly disappear. And when that disappears, you'll go back into your normal routine. So don't let shaitan do that. Take action now. You know, take some time out and make this you know, have this discussion with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the secret discussion between only you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He grants me, first and foremost, the ability to act upon this. And He grants you also the ability to act upon this as well. rahim.